Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hello. Uh, we are in the summer break and to think at one point we weren't sure what we were going to talk about in these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, until Daniel Ricardo came to the rescue. Um, I imagine we're going to spend most of the episode talking about that. So let's yep. dive straight in, I guess. Um, not, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, if you've been living under a rock, uh, Daniel Ricciardo is leaving Red Bull to go to Renault, which came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, we've had like weeks, if not months, of both of them saying, oh yeah, we're just kind of sorting out details and we're kind of, we're going to be announcing something soon and it's just like sorting of the last few things and from like, from what rumours seem to be. I think Red Bull were as surprised by this as all the rest of us. Um, the story going around is that um, they were basically on the verge of signing the Red Bull deal in Hungary. Um, and then Daniel went off on his summer holidays to America. And by the time he got there, he had decided on the plane that he was going to Renault instead and phoned hmm. uh, Christian Horner to tell him. And Christian Horner laughed down the phone because he thought it was a funny joke that he was telling him. <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, but it wasn't. He's off to Renault, which is it's bold, is what it is. It's it's, it's a it smacks of Hamilton going to Mercedes, doesn't it? But um, the, yeah. just before we get into it too far, another thing that um, to go with what you were saying about sort of the announcement and stuff, I, I read somewhere that they had a clip, a video clip, and everything all set yeah. up, ready to go for him to post on social media for when for when the the, the pen was put to paper, and yeah, it didn't happen. No. So there's an unhappy editor somewhere at Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> and a very smug, civil beatable as well, I imagine. Yeah. It's, um, not often he gets one over on Christian Horner, but he's there. Uh, <laughs> I think this he's makes a, up for all the yeah, other times. He's, he's racking them up now, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah. Science might have just got an upgrade in his contract, but more on that later. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Depend, depends how that breaking, goes. But, breaking. Um, <laughs> But yeah, as you say, it's definitely got a sort of Hamilton to Mercedes vibe about it. Although I would say this is a much bigger risk than that. Yeah. Like at, at the point Hamilton made that move, he was sort of, he'd got one world championship and McLaren was sort of already sort of on the in the doldrums a little yeah. bit. And Mercedes were very much the team on the up. You had this big new um, engine formula coming in that Mercedes would be very much like, talking themselves up for so it was a lot less of a risk i think yeah um but you gotta remember that red bull are using honda engines next season this is the thing yeah i mean clearly you know Torosso using pondas so red bull have information on them so i mean maybe he just doesn't like what he's seen i mean that's what i that's exactly what i said to someone yesterday i i don't think he likes what he sees and i don't like what i see from honda either like there's still Plenty of retirements this season, you know. I'm looking at the. Uh, oh no, I'm not <laughs> I'm looking at Renault. I thought I was looking at Toros. <laughs> Ooh, that's all good. Ignore that. <laughs> if not um, retirements, then definitely grid penalties for constant new parts on that Honda. Here you go. I've got it. It's one, two, three, four, five, six retirements so far for the Honda this season. It's quite in, a lot in one car. Well. Two cars. Over two cars. Three each. Three each. Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot, isn't it? And it's we're already suspicious that a lot of the Red Bull-related Renault issues have been self-inflicted from things that Renault have said recently. So compare that to the McLaren and Renault as as four cars on the grid. It's it's definitely been a slightly better engine in terms of reliability if you take out the... The fact the this interesting factor that Renault have decided to throw in the mix of what Red Bull are actually doing with the engines and yeah. the power units and stuff. Yeah. What you mean you mean breaking them? <laughs> well yeah, well not use not using the ones that they're supposed to use. Um so using um, inferior equipment and then blaming it on Renault despite the fact that yeah. Renault are giving them better equipment 
Um, speaking of retirements, Renault this season in their RS18, uh, only four retirements across two cars. Hulkenberg's had three and Sainz just one. There you go then. There we go. Um, um, I mean, yeah, it's honestly like this caught me more by surprise than Hamilton to Mercedes did a number of years ago, to be honest. Like, it, it yeah. very much looked like once the Ferrari and Mercedes um, doors had closed, that was it. He was staying put. And I think Helmut Marco kind of basically said exactly that not that long ago. It was like, there's there's not another competitive choice room out there. Like, Red Bull is his best shot at this point. Um, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> you guys might disagree, but I think this whole thing sort of smacks of a bit of arrogance on Red Bull's part to me. Like... I think they never really took any of the other teams coming for him that seriously. And he mm. said, again, from these sort of, it's all sort of hearsay, but these reports coming out make it sound like it's only in the last few weeks where they kind of really started to panic. And apparently they um, initially weren't going to give him as much as Verstappen and they kind of bumped his salary up, the, the offer to him to batch yeah. Verstappen's. They also then... They wanted to give him a two or three year deal, apparently, and then they made it a two year deal, but with like a performance um, <sighs> Ooh, clause no after one that. year. I think in the end, apparently, the final deal they offered him, they actually were just going to give him a one year deal, which obviously would have left him open to leave for Mercedes or Ferrari in twenty twenty, which is kind of what he's wanted all along. Yeah, I think that part of it as well is trying to avoid being Mark Webber V two because. Yeah. There's been a few comments lately, um, like um, Mataschitz has said things like, we want Max to be the youngest world champion in a Red in a Red Bull car, and we've only got two years left to achieve that. And just certain little comments have come out yeah. from higher up in the organization mm-hmm. that if you're Danny Rick considering a contract, you're sort of thinking well, how well respected am I going to be in this organization in a year or yeah. two's time towards the yeah. end of this contract? And is it going to cost me a chance at a works deal somewhere else? So I think maybe trying to take the works deal while it's available is possibly not that bad a move. It just really no. depends on how well Renault are looking in this 2021 spec. But it could turn out to be a masterstroke like Hamilton to Mercedes was. You know, he clearly yeah. saw something, like we've already said, that inspired him to go to that team and put up with a couple of average years in order to, you know, wait it out. So maybe Renault have got something that they've managed to entice Danny Rick in with, but mm-hmm. obviously we'll, we'll not know for a while on that. Yeah, I mean, well, we know what it's like when an Australian driver is at Red Bull alongside their young superstar. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we it, have a pretty solid example of how that pans out. So He's probably had Matt Webber in his ear saying, go for probably. the drive. Yeah. Because it, 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 it is like history. It's almost become... I mean, it's not history repeating itself, but if, if uh, Ricardo stayed then you could easily see... You don't need a oh, crystal yeah. ball to see history beginning <laughs> to repeat itself, do you? Yeah. In it definitely feels like Australia. a team they're building around Verstappen, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. But the, I think the difficulty Ricardo has had is that if he wants a seat at Ferrari or Mercedes, then he's got to get... He's got to be not good enough for Hamilton or Vettel to be threatened by him. And his, his yeah, biggest problem moment, is how yeah. good he is. Yeah, yeah. So he was—he's never going to get that. They're all going to have vetoes. That both of those drivers yeah. have vetoes on who drives with them. I think and he's never going to get past that. I think his only chance of a Ferrari or Mercedes drive is Vettel or Hamilton retiring in the next yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's got I, a few years on those guys. That's his best hope, I think. And do you yeah. think that Max just on um, Stu's point then about vetoes? Do you think Max now potentially is looking at having one? For who comes in and joins, he's already in that. got one. Do you reckon he's, he's got, got that? One. Yeah, definitely. It'll he won't well. Have, he won't have science driving with him. It'll be Gasly. Yeah, who gets that Red Bull seat is going to be very we'll interesting. Get, I guess we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, just we, we need to talk to that. We need to carry on about things, really. Don't we? Yeah, just a couple more things on Ricardo. So he's on a two-year deal at Renault. Um, reports are that it's worth thirty-five million dollars a year, which is like 
Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso money. And it's yeah. an awful lot more than Verstappen is supposed to be getting at Red Bull. So if nothing else, he's definitely um, nailed that part of the contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zach Brown also piped up over the last few days to say that McLaren were very close to signing him. Um, they might think that, but I doubt I mean, they were. <laughs> the words Zach Brown claimed seem to be a regular occurrence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zach, <laughs> we should start a Twitter account. Zach Brown claims. <laughs> Sarah claimed. <laughs> um, I think he definitely had talks with them, but I doubt it went any further than that, to be honest. I mean, McLaren are running Renault engines for the foreseeable future, and he knows what it's like to be in a car where you've got a Renault engine in the back. Yeah. And that's the limiting factor. So, but you know, then again, he's putting um, himself in the court with the full Renault team, so he must see some potential in it. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, it's going to be a very, it's going to be so interesting, fascinating to see how this plays out. I mean, I very much hope that it does pan out for him, and uh, Renault can get where they want to be in the next few years. Um, one thing I think is Ricardo said actually, which I thought was interesting, was that every time Renault have been in Formula One, they have been world champions. Yeah, that was. I, I, it was on. Um, I think it was on a little video that he put out. It was. Yes, it was it one of two been. places. It was either one of the little like Instagram, Snapchat style. This is why I've done it videos, or it was in his sort of official statement that came out in writing on the Renault announcement of his signing. But in one of those two places, I either heard or read the words, every time Renault has been in the championship as a constructor, they've eventually ended up working their way towards a world title, which yeah. is is true, realistically. If, if it's either been as a, a full works team or heavily backing um, another team in sort of your, when Red Bull with a lead Renault team or when um, you know the Williams had a Renault in the back or like when you had McLaren Mercedes it was never a Mercedes works team but it might as well have yeah. been like partnerships yeah, like yeah. that they've, they've always worked their way to the top and I th- there's a lot of stuff that's been going on down at Ensto like there's a lot of staff changes there's a lot of facility updates and stuff like that and from what I've seen and been reading mm-hmm. most of that early this year has started to fit into place now like you know facility upgrades are complete staff changes are complete and you know everything's coming full circle for them so realistically they're ready to hit that development period you know hit the ground running so to speak and i, I do oh, yeah, definitely... guess have at least a decent couple of years heading towards 2021 yeah you would hope so they're definitely a team heading in the right direction yeah, I mean, they've um, gone from... They were sixth last year. They are running a fourth at the minute in the, in yeah. the championship, so... Yeah, that good old best of the rest spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, they need to be beating Red Bull within the next year or two, though. That's the, well, that's the real test for them. Th- you know, putting the Honda engine in the back of that Red Bull could mean that Renault, in fact, just inherit third place off them. Possibly. You know, you, you, we don't know how that relationship's going to work out yet, because... It's not exactly been brilliant at Toro Rosso, has it? They've they've had the moments, but things like Hungary were obviously weather impacted to a certain degree, and things like yeah. that. So it's it will be interesting to see where that engine is at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, even like the very best estimates you read say that Honda is on a par with Renault now. Like, yeah. at best, they're saying it's on a par, it's, which I, I I find optimistic, to be it's, honest. It's really not. I'm no, telling you guys, it isn't. definitely not. <laughs> Maybe it's, certain it's, tracks it is. Yeah, I can tell you 100% that that is by far <laughs> it, the slowest engine in Formula 1. It has it's to the be. least powerful. Yeah, and obviously you guys... I've had a problem with how it sounds in low speed for the last oh, three years. Horrible. It's been horrendous for three years. And it's awful. Yeah, you, you guys got to hear it. <laughs> it up does close sound like and a personal, And it does sound completely yeah. destroyed and broken in slow speed, yeah. whereas nothing else does. And it sounded as bad yeah. as that three years ago in the back of the McLaren. So, yeah. Um, so, obviously, that leaves a seat empty at Red Bull, which <laughs> is, you know, going to be a fairly coveted seat in F1 at the moment. Um, in theory, that should be. Carlos signs his seat. He's 
been in the Red Bull family for quite a few years. He's his move to Renault was kind of this loan deal with an understanding that he would come back uh if there was a sort of promotion to Red Bull available. If not, he'd be open to make his own deal with Renault. Um we know he's not staying at Renault now because Danny Ricardo's taken his seat and I think Hulkenberg's got a two year deal as well there. Um but like you said earlier, Stu, like I just don't believe for a second that Red Bull are actually going to put him in that seat. Like Red Bull's history of not doing the obvious thing um, in in terms of driver movement, um, or even just doing right by their drivers. Like, yeah, mm. they're in a position where they might struggle though. Like in the past, I could see them doing something oddball, um, but. With them starting to now run seriously low on young drivers coming through, I think they've got a lot less to play with, and as, especially if they were still thinking that they don't want Hartley and the Toro Rosso come next season, they, they're going to start struggling for drivers, um, and that might force the hand ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I think Ricardo's probably come to Hartley's rescue a little bit here because mm-hmm. if they do promote signs. I don't know where they're going to find one driver to fill his seat, let alone yeah. two well, if they get rid of Harley as well. Up, they're eyeing up Tickton, aren't they? They want Tickton to get in that Yeah, but he's still struggling for super license points. Exactly. Well, so, exactly. Um, yeah, he'd have to get like special dispensation from the FIA, yeah. which has probably never unlikely. happened yet since they bought in this door. Yeah, I don't think so. And especially considering his previous incident, um, and yeah, that's... which is what held, is kind of holding him back in, in the first place to begin with. I think that that yeah. definitely be taken heavily into consideration. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Did did you, either of you? Um, I didn't pick up on this until someone brought it up recently because it's only really sort of come to the forefront based on this contract with Ricardo. But there was a clip of um, Christian Horner making some kind of wise crack along the lines of. Well, if Cyril doesn't behave, then we'll just take science off him and send him to McLaren instead. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have actually seen that. It's pretty no, much word for word what he that. said. Um, and yes, arrogant. it was said in jest, but there was definitely some sort of arrogance to it, even if it was a tongue in cheek comment. Um, but now it just looks funny because of what's happened. It's and like, it's like on the Cyril's card, got yeah. the last laugh. Um, yeah, but I think if they've got a driver's spot to, to actually fill, even if they don't want to use Science at Red Bull and they prefer Gasly, there's every chance that Science might end up back at Toro Rosso. Yeah, I think we need to we need to inject some positivity into this, guys. <laughs> who who would you who would you like to see take the seat? Science. Who, what, who, what, what, Science. What would yeah. make you happy? Science. That would make Science. you happy. Science. He absolutely deserves it. Yeah. He's putting all the legwork over the years. He's, I think he's a really decent, solid driver. He absolutely deserves a shot there. Yeah. And to- Tom, you no. feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How about you? Would Would you not like to see Science in the McLaren and maybe Alonso potentially winning a championship in a mm. uh, Red Bull? In a Red Bull. I do wonder if Alonso is on the phone at the moment. Uh, of course he is. He's definitely on Inquiring about phone. that seat. Absolutely, definitely on it's, that I phone. mean, it's he, what he does he, best, he, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Inquires that, about Then again, <laughs> is he going to go and sit in front of a Honda engine again? The other thing as well is every team Alonso joins, he curses recently. <laughs> it's true. Yes. It's so, true. And then true. as soon as he leaves, the team's come good. So science probably does want Alonso to go to Red Bull so he can have the McLaren <laughs> because yeah. then he might be a front runner. McLaren will be great, yeah. yeah. That's, the sad thing happens. is, it will. It, the sad thing is, it will never happen because of Verstappen's veto. That's yeah, the thing. He, he does have that veto in his contract, so there's no way. And there's, and that's another reason why I think Science sadly won't get that seat because Verstappen, there was a bit of history, wasn't there? Yeah, they, they didn't get on too well in, at Toro Rosso, and I think Verstappen probably just wants someone a bit more malleable, a bit more easy to deal with. And if you've got the bright-eyed, <laughs> yeah, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Pierre, Ga- Pierre Gasly showing up at the door, then yep. you know that's the perfect candidate for Verstappen. I'd be interested to see how he would react to that, though, if he was put in that position, because he's always Who, Verstappen. No, Gasly. He's always been in the last few years that he's been in motorsport. He's been practically a 
a team leader and almost a team breadwinner in some degree as well. Like he's been the he's been the strong force in the team. So he's never been um, a shrinking Vala, has he? He's, he's no. been he's it could be a feisty driver but, when he needs to be. It'd be interesting pairing for sure. What you don't want is obviously that scenario of being kind of forced into a more supporting number two role to just mm. throw him completely off that awesome trajectory that he's had for the last two or three years. It, it, it'd be, for example, my only concern about, say, a Leclerc in a Ferrari, because what you wouldn't want is them to start using him as a tool to aid Sebastian Vettel, and it just trash this awesome trajectory that he's had to get to where he's getting. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. I, I guess the, I mean, if you want to get into that, the, the aim for Leclerc would be to outlast Vettel at Ferrari, wouldn't it? If, if Yes, Vettel. and... Gasly's not really got that option with Max Verstappen, has he? You no. wouldn't think. No, definitely not. Well, it's a revolving door, isn't it? Yeah. Let's face well, it. yeah, the team in yeah. general, regardless of age, doesn't they have no regard for age. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, so I guess just a quick rundown through the driver situation uh, along the rest of the grid, because right now all we have confirmed at the moment is Mercedes, Renault and Vettel. Every other seat on the grid is up for grabs next year. So as we sort of mentioned, Sainz is still apparently in contention for a McLaren seat, but obviously a lot of that depends on what Alonso decides to do. Um, I did read earlier this week that um, because of the way the IndyCar driver market tends to work, if he is going to IndyCar, he basically needs to decide that in the next like few weeks. So we will probably know if Alonso is going to IndyCar or not fairly soon, I think. Um, but yes, the Sainz, Van Dorn and Lando Norris are all potentially in contention for that seat. Uh, Nick DeVries is an outside shot, but it seems like he's not quite in as much favour with the McLaren higher-ups at the moment, which is a shame because he's having a hell of an F2 season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he maybe needs another F2 season or two in him before his F1 material, though. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Just, just got to get the consistency. He's got the... Yeah, definitely. He's, he's definitely got the potential. What he needs at the minute is the consistency. Like, it's all... It's kind of been Markelov's problem on and off for the last few years in yeah, F2. Yeah, definitely. Um, that he's he's always been there or thereabouts, um, but he's always had tough opponents that have bettered him. Like, you, again, comes back to like your Leclerc's and your Gasly's and so on. Um, and then this year he's got Ru- Russell and Norris taking the lead from him. So yeah. Markelov kind of is always the bridesmaid to a certain degree in F2. It was the same with um, Sorokin, wasn't it, for a few years? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, he managed to break through somehow. Um, so yeah, we've mentioned Toro Rosso. If they lose Gasly, who knows who will end up in that Toro Rosso? Um, I guess there's still a chance that they could take Norris off McLaren's hands, but it sounds like McLaren are pretty keen on keeping hold of him, as you would yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we've obviously then got the whole Force India administration situation, and I think the way that pans out is going to have a big effect on things because um, Ocon was supposed to be in the frame for a Renault drive for a long time but obviously Renault are uh, all full up now um, I guess we can assume Perez is going to stay at Force India given that he's the one who started all this administration business to try to save the team that he drives for um, yeah. you would assume anyway but again not sure where he would go if he did leave probably Haas is the only other option for him mm. Yeah, he, actually, he do, I think he'd make a quite a good Haas driver. Um, I think so as well, actually. Yeah, a pretty he's good got place Haas for written him. all over him, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll ditch um, Grosjean Haas. I think because... it's looking that way. I mean, Magnussen, I think, is almost certain to stay now. Um, yeah. Actually, Gunter Steiner has said that, apparently he said he's got drivers banging on the doors at Haas after a seat there. Yeah, I bet um, he has. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um yeah, um, I, bet, I mean, you, I, I mean, every driver's banging on every door at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's, well, that's true. Yeah. There's always more drivers than seats. It isn't depends there? on yeah, yeah. who the drivers are, though, I guess, because you know, logically, if you're a driver trying to get into the sport or a driver that's a little bit further down the grid at the minute, it's not actually that bad a seat to be in, is it? Really? No, not at all. It's a good yeah. seat. It's a good seat. Really it's, good it's seat. Like, it's pretty much the. It's a floating around the fourth fastest car. Yeah. On the grid at the minute, and they've got mm. a really, really sweet setup with Ferrari. That team as well, so it's basically getting. Yeah. I mean, next year, next year's Haas will probably be like second on the grid <laughs> where things are going. Um, um what else? Um, 
obviously there was the talk of Stroll moving to Force India for a while. I don't know if them being in administration makes that more or less likely, but given that they've got Ocon and Perez looking less likely, I guess now. Um, Mercedes obviously wants somewhere to drop George Russell next year. Um, yeah. Force India and Williams are the obvious choices um, there, given that they're Mercedes customers. And Williams are talking about starting to buy Mercedes gearboxes next year as well, sort of linking up with them even more. I'll tell you so, what, I will, I'll be so upset if Russell doesn't get a half-decent car next season. I don't want him in a Williams. I prefer him in a Force India. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> well, um, it all depends what happens with them from a buyer perspective, doesn't it? Because you, you, re- you really yeah, can't I tell mean, where that team's going to be in six months at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah it's... I think I, I, you know what I don't. I, I'm not really worried about it. I'm not really worried about Force India. I think they're such a good that they're probably the most valuable. If you're going to sell a Formula One team, that's probably the best value Formula One team. You oh yeah, absolutely. definitely. Because they're super, super. They've, they've they've come on in leaps and bounds over these last few years. They're they're they've got a really really solid team. They're doing well in the championship, and they've got they've had some decent revol- results in the last few yeah. years as well. So it means that they've got if they can keep that prize money, which other teams are obviously trying to stop happening. But if they can find a way of keeping that, then that makes them an incredibly valuable yeah, team the, for anybody. The, the prospect of the team is a good one. It's more for me about who it is that takes over, because the wrong people at the helm of the team will. You know, you can't just jump into that team and keep that momentum. You know, you've got to be the right people, mm. I think. I mean, you could argue the wrong person's been at the helm of that team for a number of years now, and they've still managed to <clears throat> carry on being successful regardless. True. True. Yeah. Like, I think Bob Fernley's control has definitely helped <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's I true. think VJ Malley has obviously been a lot less controlling of the actual team. But his financial it's hard to when you well, it's, can't it's, leave well, the country. Well, there is that definitely. It's, yeah, it's it's almost as if since Vijay Malia had to disappear as a tax exile, the team started doing well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't yeah. it? It's, since he's had less of a hand in the team, and there were people who have come in and taken over, then suddenly it's, they're doing. It's really always well, been so. not on the cards, but it's always been a concern, hasn't it, for a long time because of those issues that Mali has got himself in over the last few years. Like yeah. as a, yeah. for the tax bills that he's allegedly owing, like that would bankrupt no, 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 anything. Let, let, let's, let, let, whoa, 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 let's let's just let's not get into that. Let, let's leave that. <laughs> let's leave that well alone. Shall we move on to Sauber? <laughs> Who by the way are run by corrupt Swedish bankers. <laughs> oh come on, no. Allegedly. Cut, cut, cut. <laughs> um yeah, they're sober, finally. I mean, it could be any combination of Ericsson, Leclerc, Giovinazzi, Fuoco, maybe even Raikkonen, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> yeah. Like, Sauber could be anyone. I mean, it, it looks a lot like Ericsson will keep his seat, despite all logic, given that um, the aforementioned uh, finances are uh, sort of tied to him. Um, apparently... Um, the Leclerc move to Ferrari, which at one point was looking pretty nailed on, is now not quite as certain as it was after um, the sad death of Sergio Marchioni last month. Um, it sounds like he was very much one of the ones pushing for that. Um, and it's now kind of looking not so much like a nailed on thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots lots of potential movement. Uh so Dominic Poole wrote in and said, hey guys, have you got any plans to do a predict the 2019 grid type of episode? Would be really interesting to see a discussion between the three of you about who you'll think will go where in the next month or so. Still loving the podcast. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, um, thanks Dom. And a little smiley face. Um, so shall we really quickly just run through every team and have a guess at who's going to be there next year? Oh my um, goodness. Mercedes, I'd say Hamilton and Bottas. <laughs> yeah, would you reckon? I think so. Uh... Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so front to back, Mercedes we know, Renault we know. Ferrari, definitely Vettel. Who do you think is going to be alongside Vettel? Alongside Vettel. I still want to say Leclerc. I think he'll find a way. It's tough, but I think My I agree with Stu. Yeah, that's what I, this is more about what we, I don't know, is this yeah, more what we want yeah, or what yeah. we think? I don't know. A bit of both. A bit of both. A, bit of both. Combina- a little from column A, a little from column B. Let's on this Leclerc. occasion, I let my heart rule. I'm going to say Leclerc, yeah. Uh, Red Bull. 
definitely Max Verstappen. Who's going to be sat alongside him? Gasly. Absolutely, definitely Gasly for me. I completely agree. Um, I think That's not heart, that's head. I think that they might find themselves a little bit stuck and end up offering it to science. Whether science will say yes is another matter, but I think it might <laughs> end up being science. So that he interesting, can, yeah, I think. Okay, little split. Uh, okay, Haas. No one confirmed there yet. Um, I definitely think Magnussen is going to keep his seat. Yep, I agree with that. Couldn't see why not. I don't uh, think it's going to be Grosjean alongside him. I, I think, think we might be seeing the last of Grosjean. Yeah, I think his his time's up. I think it's going to be Perez. I, I I I like the sound of Perez as well. I'd also agree with the Perez move there. Um, it gets him out of the financial issues and into a decent seat still and yeah i can't see why yeah, has yeah. to say no to him if he came knocking on the door <laughs> stop mm-hmm. talking about financial issues we're we talking about tires <laughs> we'll be fact. talking about tires next <laughs> Uh-oh. um force india <laughs> Ooh, force india is a tough one um i think ocon will end up staying at force india yep i can agree with that and i would like to see russell join him i'm gonna optimistically agree with you there yeah um Tom. I think Ocon will still be there in terms of his partner. I don't think it'd be Russell. I'm trying to think who it might be. Um, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. Come on, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Quick fire. What's your heart say? Just say Russell, yeah. I'm not saying Russell. I refuse. I'll come back to it. Let me, let me <laughs> okay, fill my other seats and I'll it. come back to it. Uh, McLaren, that's another tricky one. McLaren. Ooh, uh, oh, we've not uh, found his home for signs yet. We haven't, have we? I that's have. true. <laughs> <laughs> I mm. think they might do a, a, a fresh start at McLaren because Completely. their drivers are probably they're probably sick of hearing complaints from their drivers <laughs> about the car. So I think we might see Science and Norris. Ooh, wholesale change. I was, yeah. was going to say signs in Alonso, but I don't I think, think we'll have Alonso. I think Alonso's going to disappear. I think he's done. I think he's had enough. Maybe it's signs in Norris. You hit it here first. I'm, I'm going to go with um, Van Dorn and Norris. I think that okay. keeping somebody that knows the team already will help. Wholesale change is always tricky, isn't it? Yeah, and then give them that option to bring somebody up. Mm. Uh, Toro Rosso. Oh, um, that is that is a tough one because Gasly's there now and I've moved Gasly to Red Bull. Yeah, I'm going to say um, Hartley and... Just throw a bunch of names in the air and see what lands. <laughs> it could be absolutely anyone in that Toro Rosso. They seem to be backing. They really, really are put for a lot of weight behind Tictum lately. So I think it'll be Hartley and Tictum. I've still got Gasly there because of putting signs in the the Red Bull. I think those two he are did. interchangeable, but mm-hmm. like I think that it's going to be signs in the Red Bull and Gasly in the Toro Rosso. Sauber. I guess the question is, are we sending Raikkonen back to Sauber, or is he gone? No, nah, Raikkonen's gonna gonna retire. Um, <clears throat> gosh, we're making some sweeping, sweeping. <laughs> we really are. Uh, That's what we're here I for. Think, did I put the clerk in Ferrari? Did I? Did, I did yeah, we all did. Yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Giovinazzi. I I think Giovinazzi as well. I was personally going Giovinazzi and Raikkonen before this because Raikkonen seems happy still driving and I think if that car's like coming along the way it is, I don't think he'll mind picking up a paycheck for another year driving that thing. Um, yeah. And and he will be Maybe. valuable to help keep it moving. You know, That's that true. I can quite easily see Ferrari paying almost for, not literally obviously, but, you know, but Getting yeah, him in the car, doing a deal. funding yeah. funding them to get exactly and put yeah, in, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you've convinced me. I was going to say Fuoco, Antonio Fuoco, but you've. Convinced I don't think me. I don't think Fuoco's quite there yet. I think he needs another season or two. And yeah. if you put in Giovinazzi in, I don't think 
two well we've learned in the past two rookies doesn't always work yeah. does, does it I <laughs> see I just can't see Ericsson going anywhere so I think Ericsson and Giovinazzi oh Ericsson of course yeah uh, it, de- it depends on if his money's still coming I guess to me. yeah basically <laughs> yeah Oh yeah. Oh, that's a, that is really tricky. Yeah, I, uh, I'm still t- I'm tempted to stick with Raikkonen and um, whoever I said before. And then finally Williams, Russell oh, for me. I, I I just it, it this all really depends on Force India's situation come off season really but yeah I, I agree with you two that if that team has stabilized got a buyer and so on russell will probably end up there but i just can't see where that'll go at the minute so like they you know they're not developing anymore for this year and stuff like that so i think russell might end up at williams especially if they're deciding to maybe put a little bit more money into mercedes perhaps a discount comes their way for seeing yeah. russell in the car that's how these things work, isn't it? Mm. Um, okay. I'm going to go for another year of uh, Robert Kubica hype train, followed by Williams sticking with the exact same driver lineup again. Mm. I've just realised who my other Force India driver is. Oh, yeah? It's Stroll if his dad buys the team. Right, yes. That, I knew I had yeah. one in my head and I couldn't think it, but talking <laughs> about him now has reminded me. So, yeah, Russell and Sorokin and then Stroll moves to Force India, or what will be Force Canada, as you've put it at least once in recent, com- <laughs> in recent conversation. <laughs> I like that. Um, oh, Williams. Who are they, who are they, who's going to drive Williams? I, I, you know what? I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to say Kubica. I'd love to Ooh, see Kubica. I hope so. A, I hope you're right. Race. And uh, since I've run out of ideas, why not Paul DiResta? <laughs> <laughs> That is left field. <laughs> wow, nice one. I like that. I'd, I'd also love to see that. Speaking with my heart, that's like, that'd be my, I, w- I would become an avid Williams supporter. If oh, I absolutely. Those two drivers. What a team. Fantastic. Right, I think once we have the full line next year, we'll have to come back and see how far away we were. Yeah, we, we should have, we should have written those have down. Have you written any of that down at all? <laughs> If only we were recording it in an audio format that we could listen to. Again. <laughs> that we could listen back so, to it any time in the future. So what that is is Tom write it down while you're editing it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right. Should we have a quick talk about tires? Our favourite subject. I don't know if Yay. Stu can handle it. Tires, nice one. Yeah. We'll make it a quick tire talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so the FIA have opened tender process for the um, 2020 oh, to 2020. I, I love a oh, good we... tender. I love a good tender process. Yeah. Um, so they're looking for new tyre suppliers for 2020 to 2023. Interestingly, all the rule changes are 2021, which means if someone other than Pirelli wins the contract, they would have to do one year basically copying the Pirelli tyres <laughs> before they change to them, which kind of, to me, sounds a lot like they're just <laughs> nudging the process Pirelli. in Pirelli's favour, basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there we go. Um, so yeah, potential changes in 2021 the obvious ones are moving to 18 inch rims from the current 13 inch ones um which we've talked about in the past i think you guys are more keen on those than i am but there we go well um, i had a thing about i don't know if i've mentioned this before but you'll get a lot more suspension travel chris you'll get a lot more movement at length about this Stu. <laughs> see i'm i'm indifferent i don't mind them like some people seem to detest them but i'm i'm indifferent on them i don't mind either way for me so well there we go then between <laughs> us we're we cover all the bases mm. <laughs> um and then after that they get really very specific about how they want their tires to run so another big change is that they're talking about banning tire blankets um which no, they, i thought that was a thing i thought they'd done that that's it's still not guaranteed i don't think it's um in fact some people are even pushing to bring that rule forward even sooner um, but obviously the tyres need to be made to work straight away. Is, they'll just find a way, another way of heating them. Probably. Yeah. So what's the point? Just There's keep always the tyre blankets. Like... Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, no tyre blankets. Um, so obviously the compass have to work from... Um, they'll be have to be like workable from 10 degrees centigrade. Although stupidly, they also then said that for wind testing they would need a special compound of winter tyres, which surely means the data you would get from testing would be 
nowhere near as good because you're running on different tires but there you go irrelevant data from necessity but um (laughs) sorry it's it's very silly but I think most interesting from a racing point of view is that they want to go back to much higher degradation tires like we had in 2011 yay finally Um, Yes, here's the good stuff. So they, again, very specific about it. Um, they're going to, they're sticking with three compounds per event, but they're still going to have like a range from ultra soft, super soft, soft, hard, medium, whatever, but they're just going to call them soft, medium, and hard at every race. Common no sense which. prevails. Common finally. sense finally prevails. How long ago yeah. did finally. we suggest that? How Two long years? have we been saying that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My only hope is that they don't, use the color schemes for the current soft medium and hard because oh. they're the most boring three colors yeah, I, yeah, I want them to like stick with the purples and pinks and reds and all the cool things yeah, yeah. But i think purple purple yellow and red would be mine yeah something like anyway that. <laughs> sorry yeah that's good that's, that's good i'll go with that <laughs> just picking colors now. it's the color podcast <laughs> um and then they have said that they want them to degrade in a very specific way as well so they want the hard compounds to degrade by two seconds over 22% of race distance, the mediums to degrade by two seconds over 18% race distance, soft by two seconds over 10%, and then the mediums are 1.2 seconds a lap quicker than the hards, soft 2.2 quicker than the hards oh. per lap. Um, which again, very, very uh, specific stuff yeah. for a tyre manufacturer to do. Struggling to picture the difference in my head there from all those numbers yeah. as well. It's a lot of numbers. It's... They've also said they want these changes to start coming in from 2020 and then like 2021 to be hitting these targets like every race. The The intent of the whole thing is to spread out the potential uh, strategies so that the the time difference between one, two and three stops is much closer than it currently is to open up strategy a lot more, which is something that I really like the sound of. Yeah. Um, so they've said, they've said for a typical circuit a one stop of medium and hard a two stop of soft and two mediums and a three stop of three soft and a medium are all within a similar race time um and that's i'm very much on board with that like the strategy side of f1 is something i'm really into and i think has been lacking a bit over the last couple of years well since they got rid of refueling it's really dropped off hasn't it yeah yeah but then even in 2011 we had like multiple pit stops race and you did have yeah. these variations the, in strategy the only so. slight drawback to that era and those tires is it was instead of a development race it was almost a tire longevity race of um perseverance like it was about yeah. who could be kindest to the tires which is why from memory we had that was an era where we had perez looking quite good in a lot of yeah. races because okay, okay, he's okay. quite good at looking after his tyres and that's that's my only concern with this. I'm not saying we'll end up back there but to sort of flip it to the other side, I hope that we can avoid that by getting the balance between the different tyres right, like what they're saying they want so that you can be harder on the tyres but use more of the softer compound or you can be easier on them and, you know, I don't know. I just don't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, yeah. you know where so, I'm going so, with it. Question... <laughs> Question: mm-hmm. Will you still be able to run all three compounds in a race if you want to? As far as I'm aware, yeah. As far as I'm aware, okay. it's still going to be you have to use two of the three yeah. during a race, unless it rains. Okay, cool. That's okay. Um, this this all sounds good. This all sounds perfect. Yeah, and then the final detail of this, which again, good luck to whoever's making these tires. The <laughs> FIA have also said that if you're running either at like really high pace or right behind someone your tires are going to start to overheat and degrade quicker but as soon as you're no longer behind someone or no longer running flat out the tires need to be able to recover and stop degrading as quickly within a lap or two which is a pretty big ask magic tires (laughs) basically they're asking for magic tires yeah would you Um, like me to manipulate the laws of physics So yeah, they're asking for an awful lot. If I mean, if if I'm, we're going to assume it's Pirelli because I'm not sure who else would want to <laughs> make that, Pirelli yeah. tires for a year, then come with something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if they do pull this off, it sounds great. But 
we'll we'll have to see i guess uh, roll on 2021 yeah. wow <laughs> yeah and right. that is more than enough tire tools, that's enough I think. tires no more tires please <laughs> um a quick bit of inbox box box we have extra inbox box box this week uh darius fagan says germany and hungary bought in another two third places for kimmy does he have the most thirds in f1 if not who does and who has the longest third streak <laughs> Some hot stats he's asking for yeah, there. You want some stats? Get some stats on Tom. I think you know. I, I can. I can provide some stats on this. Um, the answer is yes. He does have the most thirds in F1 history by quite a long way as well. Really? Yeah. Really? Really? He has, he has 43 <laughs> third place finishes. Do you know who's wow. next behind him and how far he is ahead Ooh. of him? It's actually two people joint second behind him. It's uh, going to be someone like Eddie Irvine or David Coulthard. Coulthard's not too far uh, behind, but it's not him. Jensen Button? It's not Button either. It's Rubens Barrichello and Fernando oh, Alonso tied oh. on 28. Of course. 28. Wow. <laughs> compared to 43. Wow, that's... That is a huge gap. Um, that is a massive In terms gap. of the streak, it was too much of a mind melter to try and work out. That's a lot of data. Yeah, but what yeah. I did spot whilst looking at it is... Out of the 12 races we've had, Kimmy's been on the podium eight times this year and all but two of them have been third places. So that's six third places oh. in... Kimmy third place Raikkonen. Yeah, it, like in 50% of races, Kimmy Raikkonen has been on the third place step this year. And it wasn't too dissimilar in 2017 as well, where he had five podiums that were all third places and then a couple of second places as well. Wow. Yeah, so... If you want any more very specific F1 stats, uh, write in and Tom will go and do some research for you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and finally, what might be my favourite question we've ever had sent in from Aaron Griffiths um, <laughs> said, it's an important question that's been bothering him for a long time about F1. Why the oh, hell no, 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 they no, no, hang on, hang on. Read it out. Read, read what it says in the script, please. All right. <laughs> Specifics. <laughs> it's just what he's, the way he's asking this is brilliant. Aaron Griffith says, I have an important question for you. It's something that's been bothering me for a long time about F1. Why the hell do they have a 50% hit rate on delivering a good trophy? Sometimes they look like sometimes they look prestigious and coveted, and other times they don't even look good enough to be a partition. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even look good enough to be a participation trophy for an eight-year-old. <laughs> there was a little bit more to that where he was talking about the German Grand Prix trophies, but due to some of the language used, I had to cut it short. He <laughs> <laughs> does make a good point. There are some very Great nice questions some very terrible ones. It is ones. a good question, um, especially when you get like the China pop, whatever it is that you call it, masterpieces that you had in Hungary. Or oh yeah, the, 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 the vase, they, they are China, China vases. Yeah. Hungary um, is a nation known for its china. Yes, and then there's the coveted gold one that Lewis absolutely loves from Silverstone, the gold cup. Yeah, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and then you have something like the gorilla that we had in France. Yeah, yeah, the gorilla in France. There was another one, wasn't there? The, the Germany. It was Germany that had that horrible typeset kind of thing didn't yeah it? that was the one yeah, that, that was awful i believe that was the one that triggered him to send in the yeah, message that's, that's for sure that's been my least favorite trophy so far this year not that I'd, i mean to be honest i don't really pay that much attention to the trophies and stuff they're they're really kind of I mean, obviously you dis- you need something to show for winning a race but i think I mean, a lot of the drivers don't really care about them either. <laughs> i think the answer to his question is the the problem and the reason it's a bad hit race is sponsors Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. whenever, whenever a tr- it's a race sponsored by someone and they have a say in what the trophy looks like, it normally looks crap. Okay, yeah. off, off the top of your head, really quickly, favorite crap trophy ever. Crap trophy. I mean, it's got to be the it's got to be the Donington um, yeah. Sonic the, the Sonic. Hedgehog, hasn't it's it? The it's Sonic. Hand, it yeah, is hands down say. the Sonic the Hedgehog from Donington. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unanimous. Trophy. Absolutely it's... unanimous. Brilliant. I don't think um, there has ever been worse <laughs> as a trophy for an <laughs> F1 event. The, the poor Ricard Gorilla was up there. That was definitely that w- up there. That was but... weird, wasn't it? I never really got... Mm. Did we ever get an explanation as to what the Gorilla no, was like, all about? There's random gorillas just dotted around the circuit as well. Yeah, but I never was. saw an explanation. I don't know. <sighs> It's not. No I mean, it's not the national. It's certainly not the national animal of France. I, can tell <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I mean, um, I've not been to the south of France in a yeah, long yeah. time, but I'm pretty sure they don't have gorillas there. I, I haven't looked at their flag for a while, but I don't think it's got a gorilla's <laughs> face on it. 
Anyway, anyway. Um, is that it? Is that what <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've not got much else on trophies, really. <laughs> My favourite new trophy is the um, Red Bull Ring one that's like a wooden outline of the circuit, which oh, is quite nice. Oh, yeah, so one. modern, so sexy. It's nice, that Very one. nice, that one. Yeah. And it's made, am I right in saying it's made from wood from the surrounding area or something? It's, it's all locally sourced, the stuff. Oh, you're, you're testing my knowledge now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why that's what adds to its appeal. But yeah, my, my favourite yeah, has always been the Silverstone one. I'm, I'm with Lewis on that, that it just looks like you just won something impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a proper trophy, isn't it? Yeah. Right. I, th- I mean, that's, that's been our trophy and tyres cast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that'll probably do it for this week. And uh, next week uh, we're going to do our mid-season review. So we'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know what drivers and teams you think have been at the top of the game, who's underperforming, um, any predictions you've got for the rest of this year, um, and if you've got any thoughts on the drivers for next year that we didn't cover, feel free to send those in as well. Um, you can send in all of that stuff to us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. Uh, on Facebook, just search for Back of the Grid. We're also on Instagram at Back of the Grid, and our website is backofthegrid.com. Uh, you can also bother us. Uh, Stu is on Twitter at <laughs> Stu underscore PX. Tom is at TomKing89, and I am at TNM Chris. Uh, as always, don't forget to give us likes and shares and subscribes and reviews and all of those things. It helps us incredibly, and it'd be very much appreciated. And I think that is it for this week. So until next time, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Wild, wild speculation in that one. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.